Hi, it's Jamie, Progressive's Employee of the Month, two months in a row. Leave a message at the... Hi, Jamie. It's me, Jamie. I just had a new idea for our song about the Name Your Price tool. So when it's like, tell us what you want to pay, hey, 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 and the trombone goes, blah, 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 and you say, we'll help you find coverage options to fit your budget. Then we just all do finger snaps while a choir goes, savings coming at ya, savings coming at ya. Yes? No? Maybe? Anyway, see your practice tonight. I got new lyrics for the rap break. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Oh, it is good to chat with you again. It's almost 2 o'clock here on Thursday. we got a game tonight. We are going to preview that. Uh, my schedule is a little different today, so I had to record this a little later. Not too bad, by an hour or two. But it's good to have you. Belly up to the bar. I am Matt Williamson. Let's chat about tonight's game. I think it's a very, very intriguing matchup, really. I mean, uh, for those of you who don't know, Houston is going to New England. And the Patriots not only don't have Tom Brady... They don't have Jimmy Garoppolo, although there's some pondering or you know some mixed reviews, shocking, I know, out of, out of Patriots camp that he might be dressing tonight. So as it stands, like I said, at 2 o'clock here on the Locked On NFL podcast, and I urge you to check out Locked On Patriots too. Maybe they'll have a, more of an update on this. Um, there's questions if Gronk will play. There will be questions if Garoppolo will dress as a backup. I don't know. I never understood that. I mean, he's going to dress the backup. He's healthy enough to be be your backup if Brissett gets hurt. You put him in the game, but he's not healthy enough to start. I don't understand the difference. Either healthy enough to play football or you're not. So my hunch is he's not healthy enough to play football, and we will get Jacoby Brissett. For those of you who don't know a lot about Jacoby Brissett, I don't know a lot about Jacoby Brissett. I don't think a lot of us do because, you know, you got to think in the preseason – more so than any team in the league, really, the Patriots had to get two quarterbacks ready for the regular season. You know, Tom Brady's going to demand his reps. He wants to be out there, you know, in, in camp and getting his time with the ones, and even though he doesn't play for, you know, two more weeks. And they had to get Garoppolo ready. So there's only so many reps to go around. And they like Brissett to use a mid-round pick on him. He's a big dude. He's a decent athlete. He's got an okay, a you know, pretty good arm. And... But we just don't know a whole lot about him. I mean, he came into last week's game with a big lead over the Dolphins. He threw nine passes. I think he completed them all for an average depth of target of one yard. So the average pass came out of his hands, went one yard past the line of scrimmage, which means there's a couple behind the line of scrimmage. I think there was one four yards, uh, quote, deep. <laughs> and they still hang on to one to win. Um, and... By many accounts, too, I mean, he was kind of a check-down guy in college, too. I mean, even though he is a big, good-looking pocket passer, that doesn't mean he drives the ball down the field even at that level. Conservative. So, I would imagine more of the same. I don't think they're going to ask him on a super short week with little experience or playing time. Obviously, I don't think they're going to ask him to, you know, be Tom Brady, let alone Jimmy Garoppolo. You know, be Jimmy Garoppolo, let alone Tom Brady, obviously. And I, you know, as well as Garoppolo's playing, that's a big drop-off. Obviously, the Gronk situation is huge. Is he playing or not? He's one of the best players in football, one of the best players on the planet. He does so much for you, red zone, blocking, move the chains, create matchups. So I don't know. I mean, I think that would be a big feather in the, the Patriots camp, even if he isn't 100%, which I'm sure he's not. You know, you, I would expect then a lot of double tight end sets with Gronk and Bennett. A big power runner like LeGarrette Blunt. You know, we've talked about him before. 
I, I think Blunt's playing pretty well. I'm never a big fan. You know, a lot of his lows are pretty... I mean, some of his runs, you're looking at, oh, man. But I, I think he's had fewer of them. I, I think he's taken some games over late in the game and has punished it as you would think a back with his dimensions would. But I have to think this is a big Laguerre Blunt game. Um, you know, maybe there is some white thrown in there, some easy throws to him. Some Edelman, obviously, is going to be a part of it, but that's a lot of timing-based stuff. I mean, how, how ready is Brissette to have a timing-based attack with Edelman? What's interesting about Edelman, too, is he may see some snaps of quarterback, which will be fun. I mean, he was a quarterback in college. It wasn't that long ago. Wouldn't shock me if he throws two passes tonight. You know, let's put the under over under it. Two and a half passes and Julian Edelman throws tonight. Uh, let's put it at one and a half, and I'm going to go over. Uh, I bet he, you know, they're going to have to they're going to have to concoct some offense to try to, you know, make Brissett's life a little easier. Gronk would be huge. Um, this offensive line isn't great, though. I mean, uh, what, uh, one thing I mentioned yesterday, and what really interests me about this game too, that nobody seems to be talking about, is I actually just wrote an article for a different website, and I, they asked me to rank the top five defenses, and I went. Denver, Houston, Seattle, Minnesota, New England at number five. Um, and I think both these teams, especially Houston, are really, really good up front. And I think both these offensive lines are highly, highly questionable. You know, honestly, especially Houston's. You know, I really think that's the massive biggest weakness to the Texans team. And it hasn't bit them yet. But if it's going to bite them, it could be tonight. You know, I mean, I, I could see New England's front and stunts and changing things and blitzing Jamie Collins and using a, a lot of different things to throw at Osweiler and the Texans offensive line that that could be, you know, I mean, everyone's looking at it like, boy, you know, New England has no chance in this game. That's what I thought week one. I was wrong. I'm never going to doubt Belichick again. So if, if they are going to win it, I think it'll be on the strength of their defense, particularly their defensive line over Houston's offensive line. However, Houston's front is awesome. You know, J.J. Watt's rounding back into shape, but he's not quite there. Clowney's going to be a... I think he's a Pro Bowl player. You know, I think he's going to be a Pro Bowl over the next six, seven, eight years. I mean, I think he's on the cusp of stardom. Guys like John Simon you've never heard of are kind of like their Vrabel. You know, their do-it-all type of guy. Merciless is a really good pass rusher. They're particularly good against the pass. I mean, they're the best pass rushing team in the league right now, and that includes Denver. So again, I can't see Brissett, you know, a lot of five or seven step drops. It's going to have to be a lot of run, a lot of run, shorten the game, throw short as he did last week, you know, because he'll get pummeled back there. So that's, I think, what, you know, Houston has, or Denver, or bleh, New England has to do on offense. But, you know, Houston also has three really good corners, former first round picks that aren't going to be liabilities against Hogan or Edelman or whomever. You know, I think Gronk and Bennett could do some damage in the middle of the field. I mean, I think the best place to attack the Texans is at the second level and the safety position. And maybe they have some success there. Gronk's health will be huge in this game. And if I knew he was 100%, I might take the Patriots. And I don't know that right now. And so I'm going to, I might even, I'm not sure I'm allowed to do that though. Huh. If at kickoff they say Gronk's playing, he's 100%, Williamson officially picks the uh, Patriots. If not, I'm going to take the Texans. I'm not sure I'm allowed to do that. So I'm just going to take the Texans in a very close one. Let's talk a little bit more about when Houston has the ball. Actually, before we do that, another big thing that I could see coming into play tonight that no one ever talks about. Houston, 
so far this year and last year, and actually of recent, you know, in recent memory, have really been bad overall on special teams. Really been bad on special teams. And I'll be honest, I don't watch any special teams tape. I don't have any time for that. Um, I trust Football Outsiders. I trust Pro Football Weekly for their overall special teams grades. And Houston's always at the bottom. I mean, they're, they're one of the worst in the league of late. We've talked about this before. The Patriots are always at the top. The Ravens and the Patriots, under their two very good head coaches, more so by far than any teams in the league, stress and are excellent in special teams at all phases. So, at home, with a you know a defensive line advantage over the Houston's O-line and a huge advantage on special teams, you know, if New England's going to win this one, that's how it's going to work, you know, and maybe on the back of Gronk and Bennett as well. So I, I, I can certainly write that scenario, you know, where they block a punt or Houston misses a field goal and, you know, they have a return for a score, either on defense or special teams. I think all those things are possible because, you know, Houston's bad, offensive, bad on the offensive line. They're bad on the offensive line. They're not great in the middle of the field on defense. I don't trust Osweiler. They're bad on special teams, and they're really good everywhere else, which is a lot of places. Um, I could see Osweiler getting exposed a little bit tonight, too. And the Patriots can throw a lot out at you, or they can play it real simple and just be an execution-based defense, a lot of man coverage. You know, as much as I like Will Fuller, how's he going to do with Butler or more likely Logan Ryan banging him at the line of scrimmage and playing a lot of tight coverage and while they're blitzing Osweiler. We'll see. You know, I mean, I, I'm not sold that he's going to be able to excel as he has his first two games, but he might get right past that and burn him for an 80-yard or two. You know, I mean, there's a lot of talent on this Houston team at the skill positions. But, I mean, we're sitting here talking about Brissett as, boy, he, he's a total unknown. He doesn't have any experience. To be very honest, Brock Osweiler doesn't have much more experience than Jacoby Brissett. I mean, he's still a massive unknown, and there's a lot of things about him that I don't like. But I also think these are two of the best coaches in the league. O'Brien's obviously, well, they're obviously very uh, used to, or they're very familiar with one another. Um, that probably favors, I don't know, does that favor O'Brien or not? I mean, I think everything favors Belichick. But O'Brien at least is very, very familiar with what the Patriots do. Although that changes a lot, obviously, week to week. I'm really looking forward to this game. I mean, I wish it wasn't on a short week. And Thursday games in general kind of get under my skin. Um, I do think both these teams are playoff teams. I think the Patriots are the best team in the AFC. The Steelers are two. Houston's probably three. Uh, this could be a big statement game. Although, it's you know if they're going to meet again, it's probably going to be Tom Brady behind center. And that's a big deal, obviously. Now I'd like to tell you about our sponsor. It's an excellent sponsor, SeatGeek. SeatGeek, and if you go to... L-O-N-F-L at SeatGeek, you get a $20 rebate on your first purchase through SeatGeek. If you're not familiar with SeatGeek, it's, you know, it's a no-brainer. It's, it's easily the most convenient way and best way to pick up tickets to any event you want. And, and you can do it right before the game, which is awesome. I mean, they change, um, the prices change throughout the, the, uh, the process, the, the closer you get to games. If, the, if, if tickets aren't selling as quick as they imagined, you get a better deal. You know, I, I got buddies that go down to the Steelers and tailgate, hang out there on their phone, and, and they have the SeatGeek app, and they go down, party with their boys, and when it gets close, they just keep checking the app to see how much tickets are, 
And if they go down, if they change, or they feel like, boy, now's the time to pounce on it, boom, they buy it. They grab their phone. They go right up to the usher. They're not ushers anymore. Ticker tickers or whatever. The guys at the gate show it right on your phone with the SeatGeek app. They use the L-O-N-F-L code. Get 20 bucks off their first purchase. And they're in the game at a great deal. And, you know, it's really good to show you what seats you want and, you know, the different views and the pricing and all those things. It's it's really good stuff. Like I said, it's mobile friendly. It's a really easy experience, as I've told you. The ticket is delivered right to the app. You walk to the gate with the barcode and the SeatGeek app, you know, and here, you just show it on my phone. You don't have to print anything off. You can do it from the, you know, go down and tailgate for your favorite game and then decide to go in. Uh, they also have a, a rating on every ticket from 1 to 100. Tell you what kind of bang for your buck you get for your tickets. You know, what, is this worth it or not? It's great. And like like I said, I mean, there, there's price alerts for for events as well. They'll let you know what the pricing is for an event. Prices can drop as you get closer to game time. And SeatGeek will let you know if a ticket is your price range. You just kind of set it. Okay, I'm going to pay 20 bucks for this seat. And then, boom, you get an alert on your phone. Say, oh, boom, I got it. That's great. So, again, go to SeatGeek, sign up. Use the L-O-N-F-L code, and you'll get 20 bucks off your first purchase. Can't beat that, do you? A little slow. So this is going to be a shorter show. I told you I'm a little swamped today, too. But tomorrow we will pick all the games. And I'm thinking, you know, last week I picked against, I picked just the flat-out winners, first two weeks. Did pretty well. So the 4 o'clock games bit me. The first week I did really well. Uh, the second week I did okay. Um, I said the late games were a problem for me, though. I'm thinking about incorporating the spread, though, when we talk, too, because I've gotten mixed results. Hey, whenever you pick games, why don't you throw the spread out there, too? So if it's home team versus away team, and I say I like the home team, but I'm not sure I like them by three points that they're favored by. You know, so maybe we'll do something along those lines. But I wanted to mention, you know, we, we had a rash of injuries across the league, and... I just kind of want to go over each of them. A lot of these are actually highly fantasy related. I, I picked out what about nine players that uh, were injured. Yeah, we'll make it ten. There's one other guy I wanted to throw on there that were injured this past weekend or are coming back, and they are all fantasy related. But that's not on purpose. I just picked skill guys, big name guys that are going to be game changers that are out for a bit. Um, the first one's Corey Coleman, and. <laughs> I was on my way to doing a live broadcast. What was it? Last night, I guess it was. And you know, my phone alert, the score pops up, and it's like, Corey Coleman broke his hand in practice today. I immediately pulled over on the side of the road, went to Twitter, and wrote, all right, I'm finally convinced. I mean, the Browns are the most cursed franchise in the history of sports. You know, they're on their fifth quarterback in their last five games going back to last year. I mean, this will be their third one from this year. I mean... That's hard to do. I mean, hard to do. Their first-round pick looks fantastic. Coleman's the first receiver taken. Plays really well. Time to get excited in Cleveland. Breaks his hand. I mean, are you kidding me? And I, I don't want to talk too much about this one, but Josh Gordon's being investigated for something now, too. Is that going to keep him off the field? You know, they got Terrell Pryor. I mean, a second ago, it looked like they had too many receivers and they knew what to do with, and that was their intention. They drafted a bunch of them. They already had Gordon. They picked up Pryor. They used a first-round pick on Coleman. Now they're going to be light at that position, too, possibly. You know, Coleman looked really good. He probably still will, but, I mean, this stinks. Again, I don't think the Browns are going to win a game, and especially now. 
you know, with McCown out, he's another guy to talk about. Like I said, they're on their fifth quarterback in five games. Uh, Cody Kessler, to me, you know, I, I've looked it through, you know, rosy-colored glasses that I think they look at him and say maybe he can turn into Andy Dalton, light, light, as our future backup. But he has a really weak arm, which is a, you know, trust me, I know, is a big problem late in the year playing at home in Cleveland on the lake. You know, you don't want weak arm quarterbacks in that area of the country. Um, most people that I really trust thought he was a sixth or seventh round pick. They took him in the early third. Not very physically overwhelming. You know, a smarter guy, but really a game manager type. And I, I bet things look get very ugly for him this year, and he looks totally overwhelmed. Again, I don't think the Browns are going to win a game. Uh, Moncrief with the Colts is out four to six, give or take. This hurts. It hurts a lot. I think he was in the verge of a breakout season. Tons of ability. A bigger receiver, obviously, than Hilton and Dorsett. Uh, They like to play a lot of three-receiver sets. I think that's going to be diminished. I think you'll see a lot more Frank Gore... Allen, Doyle, double tight ends, Dorsett, and Hilton, I think is what you're going to see a lot more of in this, this while Moncrief is out. And I think Dorsett will come, you know, come through with some big plays. I think Allen's numbers will spike. Um, Hilton will probably say about the same. But, you know, the Colts really have to outshoot everybody. And their defense is really bad. They're really beat up a corner. They don't rush the passer, you know, so this is a big loss for them for this next month, and this is one of these teams I could really see spiraling downward. But Danny Woodhead one kind of breaks your heart, too. You know, you wonder at his age, he's, you know, he's well above 30, is he, is his career over? You know, they brought in Dexter McCluster. Woodhead's a much better player. Woodhead can run between the tackles. He's much more physical. He's tougher. Um, and he's the better receiver. He does everything better than McCluster. But at least McCluster is sort of enticing to see what they can get out of him as a third down back um, returner, space player, although those guys aren't as easy to use as most people realize. Um, but I think Gordon's role spikes. You know, I think that he gets a lot of touches this year, and, and it looks like he's on path to have a pretty good year, and I, I'm starting to buy in on him. Um I think he catches more passes than they originally planned. But you, you look at this team, and I know they just wiped the floor with the Jags, but you lose Woodhead and you lose Keenan Allen. I mean, they're two key, key components for Phillip Rivers and highly reliable, very good players. I mean, those are tough tough to get over. Of course, Arian Foster is hurt. Yeah, I mean, uh, this seems like a more of a day-to-dayer. And, uh, they don't seem to like Jay Ajayi as much as I do. I'm sure they don't trust his knees for the big, you know, for the long haul either. I really like Damian Williams. He hasn't gotten much of a shot, but I think Damian Williams could make noise at some point this year. I don't think Drake is ready. I also entrust him to stay healthy. So this is a problem. Foster looked pretty good before his injury. I don't think he'll be out long, but it wouldn't shock me if he gets hurt again. Really hard guy to trust. Uh, another guy that has a long injury history is Jonathan Stewart. I think you and I talked about this one, too. I mean, this really shocks me that the Panthers didn't do more uh, this offseason to find a replacement for him or, you know, somebody behind him with a little more reliability. I think Camerasar's pain is absolutely a jag. J-A-G, just a guy. I think Fozzie Whitaker put up some nice numbers. Waka, waka, waka. I can't help myself. I have to do that. 
Um, some nice numbers. Yes, you know, last past week, a lot of it was sort of garbage time is, and I don't think he's a lead back by any stretch. Wouldn't shock me if the what well, the numbers Whitaker put up will be the best, you know, of, of his season. Stewart's probably out two or three, and maybe that even extends to the bye. Um, puts a lot of stress on Cam Newton and Benjamin. Benjamin's been great, better than I thought. Olsen and Funchess and Ginn, and I think they're equipped to handle it. But I do think it's noteworthy that this run-first offense was not the same late last year when Stewart went out. And, again, I, I'm shocked they didn't do more. I like how Amir Abdullah has looked this year, but he's going to be out quite a while. Um, I think Riddick's role increases you know as a ball carrier already catch it will catch a ton of passes i think the lions become even more matthew stafford pass centric quick passing game make that an extension of the run game get it out quick you know a lot of quick throws they need to get tate more involved and you know they've also been hindered they have a lot of injuries on defense too but there's, there's been too many drops and with the lions too many penalties um the guy to, to look at though is the rookie washington and washington is a big good looking cat you know he is it came it was a receiver in college turned running back so he's very much a work in progress um big and fast and immensely talented and they like him he was already their goal line guy zach zenner hasn't been getting any run you know they like washington apparently more that he could be a breakout star this year i mean it wouldn't shock me at all if he's starting to get you know 10 carries 12 carries 15 carries, 18 carries, and starts to establish himself. It's a bit of a long shot, but there's a lot of ability there. Just keep an eye on him and keep an eye on Washington in Detroit. Adrian Peterson's situation, again, you're getting mixed reports from everyone. I think it'll be McKinnon much more than it'll be uh, Asiata, although they certainly like Asiata more than I do. I think Asiata is like a Barney Rubble straight ahead, bounce off you, drag you for a yard, doesn't create anything on his own, short yardage guy. Where McKinnon, I think, can be dynamic, can be a really good receiver. We talked about the Vikes, so, I mean, great story. Love the defense. Love Diggs. I'm on board with Bradford. But somebody in this offense has to be better than average, besides Diggs and Bradford. And I'm not even sure Bradford's above average. You know, Who else is above average right now for this, this offense? Nobody. It's a rough formula, especially going to Carolina. Uh, looks like the Bucks will be without Doug Martin. So many running back injuries. And really looks good. I mean, he's a very, very good player. They just invested big money on him. You know, he makes Jameis' life so much easier. We, I don't think they beat the Cardinals, obviously, with him. But clearly, you know, they have big plans for him, a foundation player. Um, Sims is a really nice backup, really good receiver, very useful football player. And I think he'll do fine, but he certainly is not Doug Martin as a 20-carry guy week after week. So that's a big loss. We talked about McCown. And the last one I want to bring up, too, is Zach Ertz. Um, we haven't yet seen him this year. Um, from what I read today, you know, Thursday around 2, is we won't see him this upcoming game. They could use him, you know, I mean, especially the Steelers coming to town. They have a much tougher, um, tougher game than they did the first two. They won the first two. And, you, you know, I think Ertz is somebody that they were – Building an offense, not building an offense around, but making him an integral part. I don't think he's just a side piece. You know, they gave him pretty good money in the offseason, too. Uh, certainly would be useful for a rookie quarterback, a middle-of-the-field presence. Uh, their receivers, in general, could use the help. So, 
If you want to find out more about any of these particular players, check out the Locked On of their respective teams. Drop me a note on Twitter, at WilliamsonNFL, and you and I will go over games tomorrow. Take care. Napa know how. It takes a lot to get excited about a bag, but most bags can't save you 20% on auto parts. That's 20% off headlamps, 20% off oil filters, 20% off virtually anything you can fit inside the 99-cent Napa reusable bag. So tell your buddies, there's a bag they just have to check out. Quality parts, helpful people. That's Napa know-how. Napa know-how. At participating Napa Auto Parts stores while supplies last. Minimum three items. Exclusions apply. Offer ends 10 17